Welcome to Rule Benders, brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. I'm Alexis Fernandez, and in this podcast, I meet the mavericks, the innovators, the rule benders who are defying conventions, shaking up the status quo, and redefining what's possible. In this episode, we're going to explore the rule you can't make an album in your bedroom. I think it's really important for artists to know that that's something that they can do at home just because like you know you don't always have enough money to go into a studio um, so having some like ideas about like how to treat your room and how to like make a home recorded vocal sound cool is like an awesome idea to do anything in life you're going to need some equipment want to go surfing you better get some wax and a board want to go horse riding you're not going to get far without a saddle and a steed to pop it on. For me, starting my podcast was about buying a $99 microphone, plugging it into my laptop and recording my first episode from my bedroom. I even created the cover art myself with some free software. But that's just a simple podcast. What else could be done? Like, what's the limit? Imagine creating an entire professional music album from your bedroom. Despite music being a multi-billion dollar industry, with those at the top sparing no expense in production, my next guest shows that making an album can be a little more DIY than all of that. Today I'm speaking with Becky Witten, ARIA-nominated sound engineer, songwriter and musician who makes her own tunes under the name AFAR. How's it going and welcome. Thanks, Alexis. It's going okay. Look, I'm in lockdown in Melbourne, so it's a ride. Mm. Um, but I'm trying to stay productive and make a lot of music and be super focused on all the kind of like mixing, mastering projects I'm doing Amazing. as well as my own stuff. Yeah, because you're based in Melbourne, so I would imagine a lot of the work over the past like nearly like what year and a half, two years has been in lockdown for you. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a routine now, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's, okay, let's start with like the big question. What is it for you? What is it about music? Why are you a musician? I think for me, I came to music through writing, which probably seems like a kind of weird backdoor into it. Um, yeah. But I was really enthusiastic about writing stories and writing poetry when I was in high school. And I thought that that was going to be my career path. But then just as I developed that skill, I realized that um, I was actually using that skill in like you know, these casual kind of bands that I'd yeah. made um, in high school and beyond. So you were already involved in music in high school as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had just like groups of friends who I would make songs with and it was really fun, but we weren't thinking of it in any kind of serious way. Mm. But then I kind of realized that making that music became this like, it was like music became like a really beautiful home for the words that I'd written. Yeah. Um, and so that. so that turned out to be like where I put that skill. So you started obviously being interested in the writing aspect of it. You were, you were dabbling into music as well. How did that now turn into what who you are today? Well, so... I initially, when I was in these bands really early on, um, I would write like top lines, so just like lyrics and melody. 
I remember specifically in one band um, that I was in with my friend Sam, he was kind of this amazing guitarist and he had a real jazz background and I would take him these lyrics and melody kind of combos and um, I would get him to put chords behind them and he would put these kind of way out like jazzy chords and I'd be like, oh, but they're wrong, like they're not the right chords and he would be like, well, you obviously have chords in your head already so maybe you should try just like doing some arrangements of your own. And so I started recording just like with my vocals, just layers and layers of harmonies that formed these chord progressions behind my top lines. And so I made an album, like a full record in that way, just like my lead vocals and then all the instrumentation was just like, my backing vocals essentially but I was really frustrated with how the sound turned out like the the way that the mix kind of came together I could hear that it wasn't as like lush or as like flawless sounding as like other music that I would listen to Mm -hmm. so I ended up studying audio engineering and um that just led me to my career basically that I have today where I'm mixing and mastering and recording for other artists. I find that so cool that you're doing everything as well. Like you can literally be doing things for other artists, but you're doing that work on your own music as well, I think is amazing. Totally. And I love the workflow that I have now. Like I really feel like all the work that I do for other artists kind of feeds in to my own art and vice versa. It's like I get inspired hearing what other people are Mm. doing with their music and that that kind of like gives me energy to work on my own stuff. But then like, you know, when I am in a place where I'm like not feeling inspired about my own work, I can still contribute to some musical projects that are really worthwhile. Yeah. And I feel that because it's probably been like that from the beginning, you've done both from the beginning. So they're both, I guess, integral to what it is that you do. So Becky, tell me about the work you've done so far as AFA. So I started out with just that purely choral album, but then after that record came out, I had thought that I would make another, another kind of full length body of work that was quite similar. And I worked on it for a really long time, but around like early, I want to say early 2019, I kind of realized that I was just really sour on it. I didn't love the songs. I didn't love the production. And I made this decision to like scrap this album that I'd been working on for ages and ages. That would have been so hard to make that decision. It was it was tricky. Like um, I I had really been kind of investing a lot of my emotional effort and my time in that project. So it was like I I, I wanted to if I could I wanted to like salvage it, but like I could kind of sit back and see them as a stage in my learning more than like an artistic product that needed to see the light of day. Yeah. I love the mindset that you have around that though. I think that's really cool because so much is perspective. I think a lot of people could look at a situation like that and feel pretty bummed that this is not (laughs) at all what I wanted. I'm bummed and then lose confidence when it comes to the next project. But you obviously have turned that around and look at it completely differently. You're like, I can take all these skills. I can now do it so much faster and I know what I want. And now I'm going to do that. Like, I think that's amazing. It's a credit. 
Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I feel like the reason for that attitude is just because I felt all the bummed out feelings like while I was making that first yeah. record. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just like beating my head against a wall being like, what am I doing? Like, how can I make this what it needs to be? And it was just like my vision for it was too confused to ever really achieve that, I guess. And then what happened after that? After that... I made this, I guess, fourth record, um, which I truly loved and still love. Then I was gearing up to release it at the start of 2020, um, thinking like, you know, this is a really exciting, fun time. Mm. Like it's a really cathartic record. It'll be like a good release for people to listen to, etc. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh god this is like not the mood (laughs) this like this record was just in a different world to the world of the pandemic yeah and it it's it's so true like about the mood like there literally is like a mood that sits over absolutely everyone during that time it still is I feel but yeah so it wasn't aligning obviously it really wasn't like I'd imagined I guess that record coming out in such a way as like like I could celebrate it and like I could have a connection with the people listening to it in sort of a joyous way Mm. rather than like a kind of heavy way. You know, the pandemic just threw that all into total chaos. Yeah. Okay, so you had this album that you're like, nah, I'm not, I'm scrapping it. Then you have one that you love, but then you think it's not right to release it. How, how do you go from that? Did, Did you feel like I'm so bummed? I don't want to do another album or what were you feeling? Well, I was lucky again because I had a situation where I'd once again made like a couple of other demos that were sort of something a bit different again. And so that song and one other that I'd worked on uh, just seemed to fit the mood that I was in Mm. and that a lot of the people around me were in a lot better and so those two tracks became part of a record that I made throughout the following days of the pandemic when Melbourne was in its kind of long lockdown and I called that album Republic of Paradise which like probably seems like a super weird like name for a record when you're like in lockdown and you know the plague is ravaging the world (laughs) and etc but um the album kind of looks at like it looked at a lot of fears that I had at the time. That's where a lot of the songs came from. But I also felt like really motivated to think about like what would alleviate those fears? Like what would the world look like if we didn't have to feel afraid? I love that. Okay, so I want to know how did you, how did you go about creating a record in lockdown? So I had a few things to contend with when I was recording at home. Um, One of them, like particularly around vocal recording, usually in my job I have access to a studio with like all these beautiful vocal mics and um, at the time I just like didn't have that at all and I had to kind of think about how to make that vocal sound work for the album so I was using lots of like really way out vocal processing like pitch shifting and distortion and stuff to kind of make sure that that still sounded good. Um, and I think that gave the album, honestly, a lot of its character. 
I love that. And then also, like, my partner's a teacher, and so he had to, like, be teaching Zoom lessons in just, like, the room next door. So I had to really time when I was doing vocal recordings. Like, mostly I was doing it in the evening. You literally would have to schedule around each other. That would be so intense. (laughs) It was, I mean, it was was the kind of chaotic stuff that I think a lot of us were dealing with in those early days of the pandemic. But yeah, we we managed to make it work. Like we communicated about it. And um, in a way, it was like nice to have some limitations on when I could be doing that stuff. Yeah, I guess it would create some balance in your life. Totally, totally. But there was also like the... I guess, emotional hurdle of the fact that I was writing or like producing, I suppose is more accurate, these songs that I had written when I was like in at the pinnacle of feeling afraid, like, is this going to turn into like Mad Max? Like, (laughs) I just didn't know what it was going to be. And that was when I was writing all these lyrics. And I just didn't want to like, I guess, spend days and days in my room by myself with that energy so I um ended up twitch streaming the creation of the whole record from like the production stages to like vocal recording to mixing to finally mastering it that's amazing so you literally from the very beginning you're thinking I'm just going to live stream my process thought process creation process everything from the beginning yeah I don't think that's been has that been done before I only know of one person who had made an album that way before I had with um, Hannah, who features on that Grimes track, We yeah, Appreciate yeah. Power. Yeah. She made a record um, that she live-streamed, but I didn't really, like I wasn't sort of crowdsourcing the ideas in the same way. Like I really knew what the album was going to be. You were kind of just sharing an, uh, like an insight into your world. As you went exactly, on that journey. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like Hannah's, Hannah's streams were inspiring. But, yeah, I was kind of like, how can I make this something that I'm doing regularly, you know? Yeah. So do you think that, like, was the decision to live stream it because you wanted to have the experience of being in front of an audience or do you think it, it was more about getting your audience to come on the journey with you? It was literally, like, from my perspective – when I started out, it was literally like I wanted like an audience to kind of hold my hand while I yeah. dealt with all that heavy material. Yeah. And I guess I just wanted to get out of the headspace that I'd been in uh, for writing those songs. Like I just wanted it to be like, I guess I wanted to transform the experience of fear into something that was like more chill, like a community experience instead. And were you able to then connect with your community as well? Like were people giving you feedback? Were people letting you know how it was impacting them or was it if it was helping them? Did you have that back and forth connection with them? Yeah, I did. I mean, I it's actually been really beautiful for me because like just doing these Twitch streams because I'd never really had that sense of like this is what listeners are experiencing when they listen to my songs in such a profound way before. Like a lot of artists, you know, we're all kind of looking at like Spotify stats and being like, well, that many people have listened to my Mm. song, but I don't really know like what they were doing when they listened to it or like, you know, were they in the bath? Were they mowing the lawn? I have no idea. And then like shows, 
are obviously so important for artists in feeling that connection, like knowing like this is how someone's experiencing my music. But in a pandemic, you know, shows are few and far between. Mm. So having that ability to just like be there with my music, playing it and like hearing people tell me what they think and like what that music is soundtracking for them at the time is, yeah, it's just so lovely. So another thing that I did want to cover was that, you know, like music gets people, always has, gets people through tough times in their life. Do you, have you, when you were live streaming everything, did you have people that were talking to you about how this has directly affected them with tough times, through the pandemic, through the lockdown? Did you get that vibe from your audience? Yeah, like there was a lot of chat about that, honestly. And in a way it was quite grounding because like, you know, lockdown has this potential to isolate you and just like make you think about your own situation. And so being able to kind of commiserate with other people and hear what's going on in different parts of the world, because like my audience Mm. was from all over the world. That's amazing. um, it, it kept me feeling connected, but in a human way that just reading the news kind of doesn't offer. Not at all. And, and it is – and also I feel that people make this choice to, you know, tune into you. It's, you know, that they're, they're, they come to you for something. They come to you for that, like, you know, almost like a therapy, I would imagine. Like when you listen to music, I – when I listen to music, it is like a therapy because I listen to different music based on a mood or based on how I'm wanting to feel. I'll find music that will emulate that and I'll listen to it. And I feel like that would be the same. Whereas with the news, it's almost like you're being ambushed. You don't know what's coming up next and you're like, oh. Whereas with these, people, they know what you're about. They kind of, they would go to you and feel something, which I think is incredible that you have that opportunity to create that for your audience. Thank you. And I I sort of feel like you hit right on the money with like the news is the ambush. Like I almost feel like news came into me and music came out to like deal with how heavy the news was. And I hope that, you know, that's the experience of listening to the record too, just having a sense of catharsis, a sense of like I've felt these feelings and by listening to this and maybe by singing along I can – divest myself of those feelings at least for a little while you know yeah yeah I feel like it's so incredible now that kind of the technology that we have the ability to do that it's very much an insight into your mind and how you think and how your creative flow happens I think people would actually genuinely feel at least that they know you which is cool yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty, like, honest on Twitch streams. And when you're kind of – because, like, Twitch rewards longer form streams. Okay. So if you are streaming for, like, three hours or more, like, more people will kind of turn up in your chat or whatever. And um, so for that duration, there's a lot of stuff that it's, like, hard to hide. Like, yeah. if you need to – take a break and go for a wee, you're going to have to, like, tell people that yeah. you're going to take a break yeah, and go for a Yeah, it's wee. very raw. Yeah, it is. And I think that people appreciate seeing that, like, from artists, like, there's this sense of maybe making art is more accessible to me because I can see someone who's, like, a normal person also making 
cool beats or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And I think so many people want to, they so badly want to start, but they don't know what that looks like. And to have someone like you sharing it, it probably makes them feel more, like more capable of actually doing something, starting something. So I think that's really cool. What I want to know is what were the challenges during that period or the biggest challenges that you were faced with? Oh, great question. I mean, there was like a lot of obviously mental health stuff that I was dealing with. Mm. I was definitely one of those people who fell into the specific struggle struggle camp of like being super afraid of the virus itself. And um, that was like often really exhausting, like the adrenaline that comes from feeling so scared so much of the time and I would just crash a lot but I think keeping up my motivation despite that like it was hard but doing a stream if I felt too tired to do a stream was often really rewarding yeah because you know it's just like if you you know were to go out with your friends on a day when you felt really like low and crappy like that streaming experience can offer some of that same energy of like perking you up again so what do you think uh, looking at it from like a music industry perspective what effect do you think that the global pandemic has had on the industry i mean it's been so brutal Mm. like artists are struggling yeah and like that means that every aspect of the industry is struggling you know yeah I definitely think that there's been like a lot of pressure on artists to do things that are more public facing like the kind of streams that I'm doing but there's a lot of resilience in the community and you know we're I'm hoping that as the vaccine rollout speeds up and stuff, we'll just be back to our full strength. Yeah. So for people that are really like, like I'm super intrigued of the concept that you could literally do the entire record from your home and make it sound like it was obviously not done in a home, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I honestly find, I think that's incredible. And for someone that would be inspired by that and want to be doing that, what are like the main things for them that they would have to factor in as far as do they need something that's soundproof? Do they need no one else to be in the house at that time? Do they like what what are particular things that are like absolutely non-negotiables? I think like for vocal recording, it's cool to just like be setting up some soundproofing stuff in your home that's like going to make sure that the whole recording doesn't sound like whatever frequencies are resonant in your room. Yeah. So this is a little bit nerdy, but like just basically what it amounts to is like setting up a cubby essentially. Like if you have some spare mattresses or if you have like sheets and blankets that you can kind of chuck around the room or chuck over like a kind of frame um, just around where you're recording vocals. I know someone who like set up a tent and <laughs> recorded vocals in the tent just to like deaden the sound. Yeah, um, it, ma- it makes a difference though, big time. It does, mm. but I think it's really important for artists to know that that's something that they can do at home just because like, you know, you don't always have enough money to go into a studio. That's right. um, so having some like ideas about like how to treat your room and how to like make a home recorded vocal sound cool is like 
an awesome idea. Yeah, no, that I love that. So, okay, looking at how you've done this process and where you are now, would it be wrong to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that technology and how we experience technology now is re- has really democratized the music making process and giving more power to the artists than as like where it used to be before where it was like the big labels had all the power do you think there's been a shift yeah definitely there's definitely a sense that like you don't necessarily need a label budget to achieve your like sonic aims Mm. for a record and I think you know being able to do some stuff from home is so helpful when you're starting out your career like I know that when I started making music I wouldn't have been able to afford to go into a studio so just having that ability to work on my art from home was so important Mm. and then like it can give you that vocabulary that means that if you want to move into that studio space later on and collaborate with people you know how to talk about what you want and ask for the sort of sounds that you want. It's empowering. It's empowering to be Very. able to have that control, I think. Yeah, totally agree. And it's it's exciting. I think times are definitely changing, especially for the young people coming through who are quite tech savvy. Times are changing, which is awesome. So, okay, now like into the future, do you think that we're going to see more musicians follow the path that you've gone down, you know, that that whole concept of not only making the whole album from your own home, but also streaming the whole process as well. Do you think that's going to be something that will be happening more? I mean, I think it will happen more just in the sense of like, the more people become aware of those things, the more people who will enjoy them will do them. I think that in terms of like different roles on a record, I think the best thing about like the opportunities with home recording and the opportunities with like, you know, engineering yourself and stuff, it's just like if that is your strength, you can step into it and flex those muscles. Mm. But like if that's not your strength, you can still ask for help and you can still kind of collaborate and you can focus on the things that are your strengths. And it kind of just empowers artists to like be picking and choosing around those things, like picking and choosing where they want to spend their money and where they want to spend their time. Yeah, definitely. What you've done, I think, can really inspire people to have more, you know, control over what it is that they're doing and take more action. I think a lot of people are quite scared to start. And when they see someone who's just gone and done it, and reached out, reached out to a community, reached out to other artists. I think it makes it more real for them that it's possible. So that's, I think that's really cool that you've done that. Well, thank you so much for this chat. I've, I personally have learnt so much from you. I think it's really, really cool. I've learnt a lot from your mindset as well. And I think that a lot of people will take from that. And a lot of people that are interested in the music industry and being involved or any musicians will... I think be quite inspired by how you've gone about it. It's, it is really, really cool. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Alexis. I appreciate your questions and your time. Becky was once frustrated that the music-making equipment she had at home wasn't able to do the things she wanted. Then, skilling up led her down the path of a successful career with access to top-of-the-line equipment. 
But then out of necessity and a need for creative expression, Becky found herself returning to the gear she had at home. She set out to make a cathartic album, live streaming the whole thing. This created connections with others that she had missed throughout the global pandemic. Becky tapped into that part of us that is proactive in times of change and uncertainty. We all have it in us. This creativity, resourcefulness and ability to adapt to our circumstances and make something out of seemingly little. You don't have to be a musician to learn a lesson from a rule bender like Becky. If today's podcast has brought up any feelings for you that you're concerned about or you're worried about someone you know, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. On the next episode of Rule Benders. Sharks don't want to eat people. You go into their environment. You don't belong there, but you make a decision. It's your decision. A shark can see you and think, wonder what that is. Go up. They don't have hands. They can't feel. They feel with their teeth. I've been bitten four times. From Samsung Galaxy, this has been Rule Benders. My name is Alexis Fernandez, and thanks for listening.